0: Let's, let's crack in yeah. to politics Let's do it Let's get a, a look Because we've got our guest He's champing at the bit Yeah, exactly uh, uh, so, so once again So New Zealand's case numbers The latest one's 8,810 And we know that case numbers Are lower over the weekend Due to lower testing rates So we know that um, tomorrow And then particularly Tuesday We should expect a jump again That said, once again This is still the first time That we've had under 10,000 cases Since February So hopefully that is <laughs> a, a good trend remember the days when we remember the day we first got over 200 and we're oh, like yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well the, the one that really stands out for me bevo is the day that we had 44 because we'd this was during the delta outbreak and we'd gotten down like like we were almost at the point of eliminating delta and, and we were down in the teens i think there was even one day when we had eight cases and then we we went from like 12 13 and 44 and that was the day that people gasped Boom. You know, people were audibly gasping in the office when that happened. Um, Here we are, and and it's, you know, 8,810. But but this is tinged with sadness because another 18 deaths. We have had more Kiwis die from COVID in the past week than at any stage in the pandemic. This is also the time that the government is meeting to further relax restrictions. So to explain how this all works and what he thinks should happen, the uh, professor of epidemiology at Otago Uni, Michael Baker, thank you as always for being on the program. Yeah, kia ora, Tim. G'day, Michael. Uh, hey, just firstly, did
1: you get that bottle of wine that Tim Roxburgh promised you for all the appearances last year? Uh, 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 um, not that I'm aware of. But, um... <laughs>
0: I, look, um, there, there may have been some it's issue. It's the thought
1: that counts. <laughs> I,
0: think, yes. I think there was some issue with uh, the delivery of the mail. And the purchase of the wine. And, and possibly also the purchasing <laughs> of the but, wine. But I tell you what, um, producer Louisa, she's going to get your details. And uh, and we'll see if we can sort that out this year <laughs> <laughs>
1: for next Christmas. Um, now, okay, um, Michael, I've sort of lost track of the traffic light system. Have the have the government lost focus, or could I say, have they lost the room on what the whole point of the traffic light system is?
2: Yeah, look, I agree with you. I think the it's been watered down, and now I, I don't think it's such a huge issue. I mean, as for the. Um, hospitality sector, it's a huge issue but for most people it won't make a huge difference uh, in some ways the move from red to orange because in fact uh, I think a lot of the control measures are somewhere else now. But if you think about it there's, I mean if we ignore the borders for a minute, there are these three main ways we're dampening down transmission and protecting people. I mean one is obviously vaccination and boosters another is requiring people to stay at home if they're sick and also their contacts to also stay at home and get tested. And the third one is dampening down transmission between people. And that's really about where the traffic light system starts to come in. But it's thinking about all the places where transmission occurs and trying to limit that. And so it's not so much probably how many people we have in restaurants and bars. It's probably much more about how we're running schools now and workplaces, and all the other settings where transmission occurs. So I do think that the public is probably now quite confused about what a move from red to orange even means. And Mm. the other thing we've done is we've actually watered down the red traffic light anyway. It used to be, you know, we've increased the, the gathering size indoors from 100 to 200. So really... I do think we need to look at the traffic light system again to say, well, is it fit for purpose and what do we need next to replace it?
1: Oh, God, imagine if they come up with a third system. That would get confusing. I mean, the traffic light system was based on the vaccine passports and they've got rid of those. Um, Were they they right to get rid of them? Uh, Because it seems kind of strange that you can have a heaving mosh pit of people in an outdoor concert. Uh, But you can't have uh, a bunch of sort of uh, responsible New Zealanders sitting in reserved seating in a in a concert hall listening to the uh, New Zealand Symphony Orchestra with Tim Beveridge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're absolutely right. We need to think about where where are these where's transmission occurring because those eight thousand almost nine thousand cases today had to come from somewhere, and they probably got infected seven to ten days ago. Many of them, and it's still only probably a third of the people who are actually infected at the moment who've been reported a lot of people won't be self-testing and reporting anyway so it's only giving us an indication but it's a, it's a useful indication I mean over time it's telling us the shape of the curve and everything but really we need to say where are people getting infected and how can we turn that tap down systematically and probably only a small fraction are getting infected in those indoor venues and we have to think about I'm actually much more worried about schools at the moment, for instance.
0: Okay, explain a little bit more about schools. So so where would the issues be with schools and what could they do better?
2: Well, at the moment, we are, and I understand the need to keep kids at schools. It's really important. But, you know, only um, 10% of our, our school-aged children are fully vaccinated. Uh, we don't require masks at all for all age groups. Um, and, of course, we've now removed... Um, Vaccine requirements for teachers. I think that's probably achieved its goal anyway. But uh, so every day, um, you know, most of the children in New Zealand are going off to school with not that many barriers in the way of them getting infected, and bringing the infection home um, to their households, and that's probably a big driver that's spreading infection um, between these groups. Because otherwise, of course, many of the parents are working from home. Or using masks in the workplace, really being quite cautious. So um, we have to think, uh, and this is where you do need empirical data to say where are our cases coming from now, and how should we limit transmission? What's the most effective thing to do?
1: Well, how would we have, how would we know now where they're coming from? Isn't this a sort of it's a wish list this list that's not achievable because um, in the in the age of the rat test, and we're not scanning in anywhere. Um, we're, we're just going to have to guess, aren't we?
2: Well, we could be doing uh, what's called sentinel surveillance. This is used a lot overseas. Tell us um, on a sample of people uh, how many people are getting infected every week. And in the UK, they run this now for almost two years. And it's giving them data which can tell them how much infection there is in the community. And they can also ask a sample of those people about their contact patterns. So at the moment, I, I think it's quite hard to work out where to go to from now on in New Zealand, because we just don't have a lot of empirical data about what's driving our our epidemic.
0: Okay, so a lot of people are under the impression that if they've had COVID, and given so many of us have had it, um, that if they've had COVID, they've got really good protection. And yet, I am seeing anecdotally, um, people getting COVID twice. Uh, One mate of mine got COVID twice within the space of two months. So so what does that mean? What, does, what do those stories tell you, Michael?
2: Well, it's telling us that the Omicron variant is very good at evading our immune uh, defences. And that's how it's getting around the world so well. And it's turned it into one of the most infectious human viruses we've ever seen, approaching the same level for measles, which in the past has been considered the most infectious mm. disease known. And that's why. And, you, you know, we do know that your immunity... If you get, you know, you get it from either vaccination or prior infection, it does fade very rapidly over a few months, mm. and Omicron takes advantage of that.
1: The um, so next question for me is, is a difficult one to ask, but so if we sort of want to inhibit the spread, but then again, we don't really want to be having peaks of Omicron in the middle of winter when flu season is. So, isn't there? Oh, you probably know where I'm going with this, but is it in in a way is this a sort of silver lining of the cloud of the peak that we've uh, just we've probably got over in Auckland and are going through in other parts of the country? Isn't the silver lining really that um, we're getting some of this um, out of the way before flu season? I mean, would we really want to try and inhibit it too much because we might end up facing a a, a tougher climb in the middle of winter?
2: Yeah, look, you're making a really good point, and this is the problem I think we have at sorting out a strategy with this virus because we've got two quite different paradigms, if you like. One is that Omicron's a milder infection, everyone's going to get it and they should get it over and done with and then we'll move on. And then the alternative one is, no, we need to really limit transmission because it does have serious effects for some people and there may be 20 to 30% of people getting long COVID. Mm. Uh, So we've got these two very different... um, um, goals at the moment, and I do think we need to bring these together so we can give a more, you know, a more consistent picture to the public. Yeah.
0: So if somebody hasn't picked up COVID at this point in time, hasn't? But neither Beville or I have had it. But we've um,
1: had, we've had it in our house.
0: Yeah. And and so is is that likely to indicate that we're in that lucky percentage of people who just seem to have immunity, or is it more the word luck? You know, it's just luck that we haven't yet picked it up.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's more likely than not. You just haven't been exposed to it and had the infection. And basically what we can say for a fairly high level of certainty is that you're much better to get your immunity from vaccine rather than the infection, uh, because that way you're not going to get long COVID from vaccine, but you're quite likely or you've got a reasonable chance of getting it from the infection. So if you're fully vaccinated, and obviously with a booster, um, if you're in a more vulnerable group, you'll get probably be offered a fourth dose in the next um, few um, months, Yeah, you know, hopefully before winter. And, and you may get it with your flu vaccine, which would be a good combination. And uh- after that, we really do want to reduce infection, particularly, I think, in unvaccinated children, because there is a potential for them to get long COVID. Mm. And I think that's a real worry. In fact, that's my biggest worry at the moment.
1: So what are you expecting from the governments? What will they do? What should they do, Uh, their announcement or their considerations on Monday?
2: Well, I'm hoping we'll get a more comprehensive strategy, which is going to move us to this point where um, we do know that uh, we're going to have a constant level of infection going ahead that's moving towards being an endemic infection at some point. We're more than likely to get um, a second wave, given that it's affected everywhere in Australia at this point. So we should be starting to plan for that. And I do think we we need a revised framework, I think, for um, how we manage indoor settings you know, when we're getting together with other people. And hopefully it covers schools, workplaces, and social meeting places, yeah. a more comprehensive framework, just to give real clarity, because we don't... Um, we want to... Obviously, people need to be getting out and sticky and awkward where It's it's down now to... The pandemic wave has dropped below... Almost heading towards 10% of its peak. So it may be starting to plateau out, not not quite yet. But I think places like Auckland now, people probably should be getting out and about into more more normal lives at this point. But doing it safely, and I think this is where we need really good guidance from the government about what do safe indoor environments look like.
1: How about this for an idea? Do we actually need government to dictate any rules to us? Um, And the example I would give is, I don't really think about Omicron, but I wear a mask when I go into a, a shop or a cafe, not because it's the rules, but because I'm being considerate towards others. Do you think that if we actually said, look, you know, we're lifting restrictions, that by and large New Zealanders would still, if they were given some guidance as to what is expected, that we would still, would it make much difference whether it's rules as opposed to, as Johnny Depp would say, guidelines?
2: Uh, well, one of the issues with, with uh, as we know, from infectious diseases is the behaviour of individuals affects others. And if you look at the ways it does that, and that was one reason I think we have had vaccine mandates and we are keeping them for healthcare workers, is that it's one of these things where not only, say, getting vaccinated and wearing a mask protects you, it protects the people around you, but also it protects the health system. So, Because if you get sick and you have to go to a hospital, you're occupying... Um, a space which is pretty precious at the moment mm. so that's why governments and all of us need to care about the behavior of everyone in New Zealand because it's not we're not islands with this disease we're all highly interconnected. Mm.
0: It, yeah so as, as we wrap up Michael Baker and we always appreciate your time uh, just thinking about the announcement tomorrow and and you talk about how this is spreading that that one of the changes for Orange would be for indoor settings and are you less worried, and I know Bevo touched on this before, but are you less worried about uh, you know, bars, clubs, concert venues uh, in terms of spreading the virus?
2: Well, I am worried about indoor places where everyone goes in and they take their mask off to have a drink and they may have um, very little immunity to the virus, they may be spreading it around, and none of us really know. And if we're wanting to avoid that infection, many people say, I'm not going to those indoor places because... Uh, I don't know what controls they've got on their ventilation or anything. What's the quality of the environment? So that's a concern, I think, that businesses and government need to work together on coming up with guidelines that will make people feel comfortable
0: going back to these social settings. All right, Professor of Epidemiology at Otago Uni, Michael Baker. Enjoy your Sunday. Yeah, great to talk. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. At 324 and we're going to open up the phone lines, Bevo, on 800 80 1080. Yes, we will sell them, not sell them, but send them. <laughs> we're going to sell them a bottle of wine now. Weekend Collector branded wine. Luckily, we're going to have a special offer for you now, Michael. We've yeah. amended it. We'll, we'll sell it. you. To no, normally, well, we'll, for
1: everyone else, it's twenty five bucks. To you, nineteen ninety nine.
0: And then look, I should clarify that that as a guest on the show, it's not like you should expect the wine. Even, I mean, Michael's never gotten the wine, so I mean, no one's getting anything at this point in time. It's more so. It's just it's just words to show our appreciation for being on the show. You know, an, an awful lot, lot during the pandemic. <laughs> Um, but as I say at this stage it's just words but words are all I have uh, anyway um, you can ring through on 0800 80 1080 because question for you when it comes to the traffic light setting and the fact that the government is looking at this and that there will be changes potentially announced possibly Auckland going to orange do you still care about the traffic light system I mean do you even know what it is anymore uh, and is it is it having any bearing on the decisions that you are making with regards to the pandemic? Do you still care about the traffic light system? You can give us a call on 80 text nine two nine two. It's politics central news talks. ZB at three twenty five.